Hi, welcome to the LS Fables podcast. I'm Liv. And I'm Sterling. And we're going to answer one of your questions about writing our books or the indie author process. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at LS Fables or here on Spotify. If you want more writing tips and tricks or information on our latest releases, join our newsletter at lsfables.com. Uh, in case you're just joining us for season two and you haven't met us from season one, we'll do a little bit of an introduction for our first episode this season and uh, give you a little bit of a feel for what it is we do and what we talk about and what we bring to the table. So uh, two years ago, uh, around two years ago, maybe mm-hmm. a little bit more, Liv, I mean, I'm Liv, Sterling and I met on a website for collaborative writing and started writing our first book together. Now we've published four indie books and we make this podcast to provide resources and knowledge to other indie authors and story creators. Yeah, you know, when we started it, COVID had just hit and everything locked down and we were kind of bored and so we were just creating a story and you know about a month in we had a whole book written and so like a crazy person I was like we should get this published and so we started looking into traditional publishing finding an agent indie indie publishing small publisher houses that kind of stuff and we ended up deciding to do indie publishing um, after quite a bit of research and you know trying a couple avenues and seeing whether or not they were a good fit for us. Uh, So that's kind of where we started was just wanting to write. We had a story. Okay, now we have a story. Let's publish. And then deciding how we wanted to publish and where we wanted to publish. The other thing that makes Ellis Fables what it is, is our dedication to inclusivity. We want to write stories that feature people from the whole spectrum of the human race. So you'll find quite a bit of LGBTQ, also people with disabilities, people with from different places, from, with just lots of different experiences. Mm-hmm. We really like to focus on that. Um, we're female business owners. We were both women. And um, growing up, I'll speak for myself specifically, it was really hard for me to find books that had just female characters that I felt were relatable, that they were fun and cool and smart too, but they were also going through things that I was going through at the time. And so now as someone who's creating content and writing and publishing, I want to make sure that I'm not inadvertently creating a world that someone else is looking for themselves in the pages and they can't find them anywhere. I don't want someone to have to force themselves to pretend to be, um, you know, Mary Poppins because she's the cool character, but you can't relate to her at all, but you want to be her because you're in this fantasy world. I I want our characters, and I know that Liv feels strongly about this too, we want our characters to be already relatable to as many readers as possible without losing who they are as characters either. I think also in terms of the podcast, I would like our listeners to know that you can do this. Yeah. It's, it's not insurmountable. You can sit down and write a book and go through this process of publishing it 
it's well within your capabilities and we're here to give you some tips and tricks on how to do that yeah and so if you haven't listened to last season and um you're kind of interested in that we've had some really cool topics that we've talked about like how to write good characters in general but then specifically how to write female characters or um how to write villains world building Mm -hmm. sex scenes character creation how we do so much content how we produce so much content so quickly how to create really good characters and um also we've talked about some of the struggles that writers face like perfectionism fear of failure or inspiration versus writer's block yeah we've also talked about our specific projects and what we're working on because that's what we know the most about so that's where we can give you information so that's our previous season if you haven't listened to it already i encourage you to do so but certainly not mandatory to join us this season this season we're adding a couple of new things which is really cool along our um, publishing journey we've made other friends in the self-publishing and even small publishing house world so we are lucky enough to get to interview some of our indie author publishing friends so we're gonna have some indie author interviews and we've also met people who create artwork for books and stories and velas and stuff like that so we're gonna interview an artist and we're hoping to maybe get to talk to an editor at some point we also are friends with people who create indie book boxes or lbgt book boxes if you've never had a book box it's pretty cool i recommend you check it out so we are going to bring a lot of our own content but we are reaching out this season to other people as well and seeing their experience and seeing if they have anything that can help you produce your book or your story or your short story whatever it may be all right so without further ado let's get back to today's podcast Today's topic is on writing sequels and series. And uh, when I told Liv that this was the topic, she said, what's there to talk about? You just do it. (laughs) (laughs) So there you go, guys. Everyone, all humans, you just do it. Just write the next book. All right. So that might not be the most helpful. I feel like I definitely know what's going on 100%. I don't need any further details on that. Really? Yeah, I think we can just stop recording now. Okay, well, don't forget to follow us. <laughs> um, Just kidding. We... I think there's kind of... Sorry. No, you go ahead. I, you... I think there's kind of two categories of this because we have definitely deliberately written books that were going to be in series and we knew that and we created them that way and we have definitely written books that we thought were going to be standalones that ended up needing to be sequels, needed to have sequels. Yeah. Um, So you don't have to go in believing it's going to be a series or a duology or a trilogy. Though you have an upper hand, the upper hand if you do. You do have the upper hand if you do. First off, you don't end the book and then go, crud, I have to write another book now. (laughs) Yeah. And then secondly, you have the upper hand when it comes to preparing for the next book. Mm -hmm. Like you can throw tidbits in that people like might not notice foreshadow but will like get later mm-hmm. um add details that they're like oh my gosh because of that all this is happening and you can set things up better mm-hmm. 
Um, not to say that you can't write off yourself, accidentally set things up. We do that all the time. Mm-hmm, Actually, sure. to be clear, Sterling does that all the time. All the time. I never know what I'm doing. And then later I'm like, wow, I knew what I was doing. And I didn't. Uh, my brain is way more powerful than my mind, so to speak. Yeah. She's got a lot of that uh, subconscious working for her. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Books later, I'm like, oh, I had no idea that this was happening. <laughs> yeah. Um, but kind of say that you're writing a series deliberately. You start with your your outline. But then when you finish your first book's outline, I recommend that you go and do a rough outline of the following books. Yes. Um. With our big epic fantasy, we started even bigger than that. We wrote a rough outline for the whole series. Yes. Not necessarily the individual character arcs. No. But a lot of it revolves around one war. Yes. So we wrote out how that war was going to go for the whole thing. And then we went and we did a little bit more, like zoomed in just a little bit farther and for each book, we wrote a few car- paragraphs on how that book was going to go. Like the the beginning, middle, end sort of deal. Yeah. So then we have, we did that for all three books. It might turn into more than that. Mm, just because of page count. Just because of page count. We don't know yet. Um, actually, um, latest info, they, maybe they don't have new, but we'll see. Um, That's news to me. I know. I'll tell you about it later. (laughs) (laughs) Ooh. Ooh. Um, I meant to tell you about that earlier. Oh, well. That's fine. I just won't know. (laughs) You'll know later. I'll never know. Probably not. So we did that slightly more zoomed in outline for each of the books. And then we zoomed in really far and did a complete timeline for each of the characters that then got distilled into chapter outlines. Mm Mm-hmm. And the way we're writing that series is each time we finish a character's timeline for a specific book is we go and we write their out their timeline for the next book. Yeah, I really recommend that even if you finish book one, say you're just going to do a duology, as soon as you finish book one, write the outline for book two. Don't start editing book one first yes you need to remember exactly what has happened in book one and the best time to do that is when you finished writing book one yeah we do that with everything, everything. Um, thorns other books we have outlines for projects that we won't go won't even get to until 2023 yeah uh but like or 24 <laughs> right get your outline created as soon as you're done with the first thing so if that's the first book and you're going to have a duology or you're doing a trilogy or you're doing a really long epic fantasy series. Finish the story and write the next outline. Yeah. You don't have to write the next story, obviously. You don't need to finish your series before you publish your first book. You just need to make sure that your outlines are there because they're going to guide you. And right then you remember that Bob has this thing where he always does a tick. And you can write that in your notes region of your outline. Remember yeah. Bob's tick. Yeah. Or remember this this thread, uh, the story story thread that I didn't wrap up, that I have to wrap up in the next book, mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. Yeah, for epic fantasy book, like we're not even finishing the whole book before we write outlines, right? <laughs> yeah, it's like as soon as each character is wrapped up, they get an outline, mm-hmm. and the closer that you can write the 
outline for your sequel to the first book or the book that comes before it the previous book the easier it's going to be and the more you're going to set yourself up for success and so what is success i would say that a good sequel reminds the readers of important factors they need to know assume that your readers didn't read your book the moment the, and finish your book and then buy your second book immediately it may have not even been available assume they've had time between stories and they need a little last week on on detective johnny or whatever they need a little refresher i personally hate it though when i read some read or watch something and the refresher is too long do your refreshers in little tiny pieces fyi etty is a mage this is how old he is and this is why he's doing the thing he's doing yes but bringing up bringing it up in conversation or the flow of prose okay i think that the rules for info dumping apply to recaps yeah you need recaps because you don't want to assume that your readers are obsessed with your work and know every single thing that you've done that's not fair and you don't want them to be lost yeah you don't want them to be lost you don't want them to stop reading your sequel your second book or your third book because they can't remember what the heck is going on, so they had to go back to the first book. Yeah. And then it was, like, just too much effort to read the first book, so now they've put down both books, right? Yeah. They need to be able to pick up your second book as if they had never read, read the first book and basically figure out what's going on. Yes. But not in a manner that is, like, the first chapter is basically just outlining everything that happened previously. There's a couple different ways people do this. I feel like I say that a lot. I feel like that should be Liv's tagline. There's a couple different ways to do this. Um. (laughs) Liv's tagline is, let's edit that. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I can edit that. Would you like me to edit that? (laughs) I can put it in Grammarly. That's Liv's tagline. Okay. Well, at least I'm helpful. You are helpful. Thanks, darling. Mm. Okay. Anyway. Um, there's a couple ways that people can do that. There's a couple ways you can do this. One of them is you literally write a tiny summary and you put it before the first chapter. I've Ooh, read books that do that. That's smart. That's literally like if you're on Netflix and it's like last time on Shit's Creek. Yeah. <laughs> like that's what that is. Yeah. So And you, you can then press the skip button if you are binge watching or binge reading. Yeah. You, you don't need just, it. You know it. I yeah. know. You know why I what it was us? I just watched it. Yeah, it says recap on it. I know exactly what it's going to say. I'm going to go with the first chapter. So if people need it, it's there. And if they don't, they're not bogged down with it. The second is that in your first chapter, the protagonist thinks about the past. The past. And you're kind of brought up to speed by their conversation or them talking. They run into somebody who doesn't know what's going on. So they explain. Yeah. Why do you need the sword? You know, because I'm Arthur and... Yeah, <laughs> I need to run Camelot. Yeah. So that's option two, is you get a brief as part of the story in the first chapter. And you see this in, like, movies sometimes, too. Like, you'll get, like, this Flashback. low-key monologue where the oh, characters... yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was going in a really different direction. <laughs> well, no, we're basically talking about the same thing, but different tactics. Mm-hmm. Some people say... Um, some people will do the monologue. Some people will do the flashback. Some people will just give you bits and pieces. And then the third option is you don't get a ton of information, but there are clues woven into the narrative. And this is my favorite way to learn any world. Mm-hmm. To walk back into a world or to figure out what's going on in a sci-fi or a fantasy. 
I realize that that means that those books have a higher learning curve and people who aren't comfortable in science fiction and fantasy worlds might have a harder time understanding what's going on. Mm -hmm. But I really dislike an info dump. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I mean, I just don't even... I don't even do it. Yeah. yeah. I don't like to read it. I, I won't participate. You just won't read it. Uh, a lot of times I will skip if a paragraph or something. I'm like, I'm pretty sure this is an info dump. And then if I'm really lost, then I trust you. I'm like, fine, uh, I'll go back. go back. Yeah. yeah. That, that is probably my least favorite thing. Get me into the story first and then t teach me what's going on as we go. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So if, if we were, the way we do it typically is... Option number three, which is give clues as we go. Yeah. But you do, when you're writing a sequel or a series, you just need to assume that your readers aren't going to remember everything perfectly. And you do need to remind them of the things that really matter. Yeah. Um, and and you need to remind yourself of the things that really matter. The worst thing you could do is write one book and then the second book, the character not be consistent with who they were previously because you forgot that they obsessively touched their throat tattoo or something. Yeah. Um. Um, that's was just something that Etienne does. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, and then I don't know about you, but I've definitely read books where book three character or book two characters have like wildly different character traits than book one or something like that. No, I refuse to participate in that. <laughs> okay. You're a more forgiving reader than I am. Yeah, that's probably true. I recently read an indie series that I will not name because I do not think that it was particularly well written. Mm -hmm. um, I was really excited for it. The lore was awesome. It was going to be gay, and that's like really high on my list of things that I really want to read. Mm -hmm. And so I was really hyped about this series, but in the third book, the character d displays this radical change in which they are suddenly much more vengeful than they have been before. Mm -hmm. And it's no lead up and it's it's like a really abrupt feeling change. And that was rough. Yeah. I felt like that was unfair to the reader. Like, sure. I'm two books invested in this and you're going to do that to me. Right, right. Yeah. So you want... I think one thing that makes a really good series or sequel is consistency in your characters or, I mean, a book's not a book without change, right? Things right. have to happen, but things happen for a reason and in a way that doesn't push readers out of the story. And, and so if you're writing a series and you know you're writing a series, then it can take you a while for your character to go through not just their plot, but their emotional development or devolving, depending on where they're going. So, for instance, being the Shepherd of Souls series was supposed to be a standalone, but yeah, Etienne, Ryu, and Zuri were not in an emotional place when we were trying to wrap up the book where they were ready to be done. So we had to write a sequel to give them the space and time to actually grow, learn, and heal from their various experiences and traumas. Yes. Um, and so, like, that's a very specific series about it takes two books for them to get to a better place. And they're not even perfect by the end, but they're definitely better than they were in the end of Shepherd of Souls. That was yeah. <laughs> So you can, if you know you're going to do a series, and then, then let your characters develop slowly. Don't have them go from nervous to super confident in one book. Let it be spread out over multiple books, and they have multiple experiences that get them to that point. Yeah, I think that's probably one of the big benefits of writing in a longer form is that you get to write things that take time. Mm -hmm. Like a lot of character development, or a lot of, or romance, or... Mm -hmm. 
big major plot lines yeah stuff like that but i think that goes kind of into knowing your form knowing your genre if yeah. you're writing a short story then what you choose to write about is not going to be the same as if you're writing a seven book series right so that kind of really it writing a series or a sequel um is not all that different from writing a, a single book it's just spreading it out a little bit further yeah and having your outlines and referring back to to be consistent. One nice thing about writing a series is you don't have to start from scratch. Right. So it is so much easier to write a second book, in my opinion, than a first book. Absolutely. All your lore is right there. Yeah. You, your world building, scene setting. Like, you, of course, you're not going to abandon that for your second book. But it's like you're not going to spend a lot of time trying to figure out how magic works. You already know. Yeah, the framework's there. Plus, you've been with those characters for like 100,000 words or 120,000 words. Yeah. You know who they are. You're not going to be like, who is this? <laughs> how does Etienne feel about magic? Pro or not pro? Like, do they like magic or not? No, you know. Yeah, you know. You know. So you've... You've got sort of a framework that you don't have for a first book. And that's the really fun part about writing a sequel. Yeah. We feel like half the time we don't really get into the story until the second book. Oh, for sure. A hundred percent. That's basically my fault always. And I will say this just very so. oddly. Our artwork always comes out faster and easier for second books too. Uh, for our cover artists. Yeah. It's like we've already figured, hashed out what the sort of feel of it's going to be. Yeah. And after that, she's like, yeah, I got you. Twice now, <laughs> she's done the second cover, and we've had no edits. Yeah, the first cover is always a couple rounds of edits. Yeah, several like, rounds. No, this it's, is what we meant. Well, maybe that. Yeah. I don't know. It's because we don't know. It's not her fault. It's we're, our fault. Well, we're not good at telling her what we want. Yeah, <laughs> we trust you, but also we have no information to help you. And then the second book, we're like, perfect. It's absolutely perfect. We don't need any edits. Twice. Death yeah. Seeker and Goddess, we've not needed any edits for yeah. our cover. It's like we hash out on the first book and on the sequels. She's like, no. We got it. We understand. Yeah. Yeah. Alrighty, so that is our our little podcast about sequels and series. We hope you really enjoyed it and you jump into your own sequels or series. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Ellis Fables or um, you can email us or follow us on our website for all the updates and join our newsletter at ellisfables.com.